Hello and welcome to our third and final episode of our Survivor Special, where we talk to a competitive survivor who you may know as Yule about quick counters to specific killers. We're going to go over the last third of the killers in this roster, so the newest of the bunch, so this may help a lot more people than the last two episodes with the more older killers, but it never hurts to have a refresher, am I right? So, without any further delay, let's get right back to where we left off. Deathstinger's gun can really cause some damage, and under the right conditions can make him difficult to play against. So what counters do you see for him? So, I actually have quite a bit of experience playing against Deathslinger because on several of the teams that I've played for, I would constantly scrim against this person named Railblazer. And Rail is notoriously the best Deathslinger player in competitive. And he would, as he would tell you, pretty much, as pretty much global, pretty much, but definitely in competitive in North America at least. Um, so for Deathslinger, I would very, very, very much recommend that against a good Deathslinger, you always keep in mind where he can shoot you from because a lot of the places, if you see a hole, right? If you see a hole in a wall, if you can see through that hole, chances are you can get shot through there. And a good slinger will know this, right? A good slinger will know the size of the holes that you can get sh shot through. I believe it's 16 pixels or 40. It's either 16 pixels or 48 pixels. It's one of those. I don't remember. Oh boy. Okay. I'm like ping ponging back and forth. So I like 16 pixels, 48 or 128. One of those, one of those three. But regardless, that should tell you that that's a reasonably tiny, tiny hole that you can get shot through. And... And no map is this more true than ARP or Azeroth's resting place. And in Azeroth's resting place, you're going to find that a lot of the loops have holes in them, which makes it very easy for Slinger to shoot through said holes. So with that in mind, here are the tips that I can offer to counter Slinger. So first and foremost, I would say always keep in mind where the Slinger is going to be. And instead of hugging the wall as you run towards it, especially to, as you get towards the end, run to run to the side, right? Before you turn the corner, run right. As if you're running, if you're running shack, right? And you're the corner is turning left, run to the right and then run to the left and then fake it one more time. So you run, so you keep running straight, hugging the wall, the Death Slinger's ADS'd on you. You turn right, the Death Slinger is still ADS'd, ADS'd on you. You go left and then you immediately turn right back. So the Deathslinger fires the shot and you can keep going. Mind games against the Deathslinger are going to be your biggest point to make distance because with every missed shot is distance for you. And another, another thing that a lot of people don't actually know, do not use your movement keys while the Slinger is, while you are attached to the Slinger because if you, even if you break off the chain, you're still going to get injured. But the difference is if you don't use your movement keys, you are going to waste more time because if you hold W, A, S, or D while you are being chained, you are going to make that chain break ever much faster. And it's a lot better to waste a lot more time on the chain than to have a break faster because that wastes more of the killer's time. Uh, the more time you can waste, the more of the as much the more killer's time you can waste, the better. Because ideally speaking, you are going to want to extend this chase as much as humanly possible because that gives you you and your teammates a lot more time to do more uh, generators or to finish up a heal. But your main winning points against the Death Singer are going to be 
Mind games. Mind games are the biggest counter to Deathslinger. That, and you can hop into lockers to dodge, uh, to dodge his gunshots if you are fast enough. But I wouldn't count on it necessarily because at that point, the Deathslinger can just wait for you to get out of the locker, or they can make a fake where they like go past the locker, then they double right back and just shoot you as you're coming out of it. So, I wouldn't necessarily crutch on lockers too much. I would say more rely on yourself as a person and your mind games to beat the Deathslinger. The Executioner is another strong killer on the list and can shut down loops very easily, causing survivors many issues. So what would you do against him? Executioner is another killer that uh, you are going to see quite a bit in comp. And it's also a killer that I actually prefer going against. So with Executioners, the inexperienced Executioners are always going to shoot where you are at the very moment. And the experienced executioners are going to shoot where you are going to be. So, keeping that in mind, if you are going against an executioner who you know is good, oftentimes they are going to try to blast you as you go for a window or as you go for a pallet. Now, keeping this in mind, you can do a bunch of mind games. You can run for a pallet and instead of going right through the pallet, keep running like double back on yourself and keep running forward so the killer so the killer uses his power to blast the pallet but he's gonna miss you and you get a lot more distance you can get into the loop in same concept goes with windows you can run sprint straight at the window and then once you're close enough the executioner is going to be like okay i'm gonna blast you he's gonna pull up your power and if you haven't dodged yet and you double back on the window chances are he's going to commit to that blast he's going to blast the window and you're going to get even more distance the other times that the executioner is going to try to blast you is if he doesn't have direct vision of you but he knows like generally speaking where you are so in this case a good counter would be to stand still that's literally it stand still because the because the executioner's killer so the executioner's guess as to where you are is going to be as good is going to be like He's, he's not he doesn't have vision on you that's the whole reason why he's blasting so the only thing that he that the executioner will have going for them will be their ability to predict you and if you don't know what your next move is going to be how the hell are they going to know what your next move is going to be so do things that you wouldn't normally do against any other killer stand still at a corner or like stand still like in between like the window and the corner like stand still at a completely random location that's out of sight of the executioner but still on the loop and watch them just blast the complete opposite direction because they're not going to know where you are and honestly who would just stand still in one spot against an executioner like it's very unconventional at least from what i've experienced that oh it constantly surprises people another counter um, you can actually avoid getting tormented by crouching through said trail of torment. And on that note, I am going to recommend urban evasion. If you do want to counter it like that. Um, if you are a person who does not wish to get tormented, um, urban evasion over the torment that will allow you to move faster and allow you to move through it without necessarily any trouble. Uh, keep in mind that while you are tormented and he has um and the executioner downs you he will be able to instantly cage you as opposed to hook you and keep in mind that if you are on death hook and you are tormented you can get executed another thing to keep in mind is that the executioner's torment is um if you step on his trail of torment you are going to get revealed, which is another reason why you don't want to get stepped. Or it's like something you can use for BM because once you get can once you get um 
once you step in his trail of torment once you can pretty much step in it all the time because it doesn't have any effect on you it doesn't slow you down at all it just reveals you to the killer for a little bit which can be particularly detrimental if you are uh looping and he is gonna try to predict but again uh move erratically move like a way that nobody else would move like no person in their right mind if they are like if they're like damaged and there's like sprinting sprinting away no person like as soon as like you hear the noise no person would just stand still that's like the most that's the most backwards logic you have no person would just stand still or run towards the killer like think think like that think like what is the most unexpected thing i could possibly do for both myself and the killer if the answer is stand still stand still in one spot and watch the miss because oftentimes they will and even if they don't you can move away because you are going to be at a stationary position and you can depending on where that trail is going to be you can move either left or right the Blight is a high-tier killer for a reason. His dash makes him hard to deal with, even corners aren't safe if they know how to use the hug tech, even if the devs have acknowledged it as a bug to be fixed in the future, it's still in the game now. So how do you deal with him and his techs? So with Blight, once again, your best friend is going to be pre-dropping. But if the Blight you're not play you're playing against is not very competent, it's very easy to um it's very easy to, you know, spin him around uh spin him around loop him out mind game him so on and so forth but something to keep in mind is that the way the game works right is if you are if the if the game right gives the game when you dash as blight it will always target breakable terrain over survivors i don't know why right but this has been tested the game the blight will target terrain over survivors so if you as an injured survivor can come in at a per at the perfect angle towards a pallet or a breakable wall and the killer slams into the said pallet or breakable wall trying to hit you and they so and they uh swing way too late they are going to hit the breakable wall or pallet instead of you which is going to burn time which is a very cool feature that i bet not a lot of you knew about but Generally speaking, the best tips for Blight are to hold W, spin around, be uh, be erratic with your movement, and try to loop in very dense areas as far as like collisions and environment go. Like the more dense the area, the better because you are going because you're gonna want something that will stop the Blight from dashing directly onto you after the second dash. So, for example, if you are, like, looping a tree, like, the Blight is going to charge you, they slam into the tree, you can move either left or right, and if the killer doesn't hug that tree tightly enough, they're going to go flying into the other direction. But it's also up to you to properly mind game the killer to go left or right and to avoid set dash. So, with Blight, the counter, honestly, rather simple. Um, Pre-drop pallets and mind game with the dashes and try to loop in very environment dense areas in order to avoid like direct being in, in like a direct lineup of a dash and yeah that's about it if you feel like you're about to go get down and you don't want to give them the down just go into a locker i guess let them slam into the locker and while they are uh while the blight needs to regenerate his um if he's on his final charge and he slams into the locker and he doesn't hit you, he's going to need to regenerate and then you can hop out of that. But that's very situational. But yeah, those are those are about all the tips that uh, that I have for Blight in all honesty. It is rather straightforward, but again, it is deceivingly straightforward. Uh, looping a Blight is oftentimes extremely difficult. 
So Victor can wipe out a whole team if left unattended and healing is a must. But Charlotte is just an M1 killer. What counters do you see for them? Uh, with Victor, the best you can do is try to spin them around. Um, play your windows, play your pallets, play environments that are very open and play environments that make it difficult to see. So corn, like if you if you see corn, go into the corn, try to spin around that because killers will often have a very difficult time seeing corn, especially if you're trying to spin them. Like you're spinning around them like a fidget spinner and they're going to be having a difficult time seeing you because it's corn. So... With Victor, a good counter to him, I would say, is in comp what we like to do is something that, depending on who you ask, is going to be called a variety of things, but most often, more often than not, you're going to hear it called like a corner tech or something. What it is, is you, as an uninjured person, if you are injured, you go into a corner and you have the uninjured person stand and block that corner so that Victor cannot down the injured person. And at that point, you as the healthy person being the body block, you take the Victor and you kidnap Victor. That's another thing, right? You never want, if possible, you want to kidnap Victor as long as you can and keep him off the board just because it prevents Charlotte from immediately going back into Victor and it keeps Victor out of play. Because as you mentioned before, uh, Charlotte is just an M1 killer. And if you kidnap Victor, you essentially just turn her into an M1 killer. So at that point, it's just looping without the TR. And in all honesty, that's a lot less of a headache to deal with than dodging Victor. The problem is once she recalls Victor, uh, after, once she recalls Victor, because once she recalls Victor, if she does recall Victor and you are injured, chances are, unless you spin Victor or unless you have somebody there with you for corner tech, you are going to sadly go down. But that's part of the reason why Twins is such a strong killer, because oftentimes there are no counters to... Um, to twins you have to rely on your ability to spin victor another thing that i would say you can try to do is go into a locker but the reason why i wouldn't recommend that is because once victor opens up the locker and tries to get in there you are going to be pinned down there for like a good amount of seconds and more often than not like like two like i want to say like eight or nine out of ten times charlotte's going to make it back to you before you can open up that locker and you're essentially going to get screwed over because you're not going to be allowed to leave the locker but yes, um, oh, another thing is I would say, again, this goes back to wasting the killer's time. If Victor misses a, a jump on you, don't just immediately kick Victor. Give it a good four or five seconds. Four or five seconds is about the time that it takes for Victor to reset and then kick him right as he's about to be fully reset. That way it wastes more of the killer's time. And more importantly, it, um, it wastes more it wastes more of the killer's time more importantly your teammates can get more generators done that way and your victor won't be able to put out as much pressure after downing you so nemesis is a hard killer to deal with at any loop or window just like any other zoning killer as his tentacle makes you an easy target if you're close enough what counters do you see here so for nemesis most nemesis players are going to prioritize getting their tentacles up and leveled up so they are primarily going to be going for their ten for their technical M1s. So knowing this, you can oftentimes, as the nemesis is pulling up on you while you're on a loop, you can oftentimes predict that, oh, hey, he's going to go for a technical M1. So you can fake a window, you can fake a pallet. Again, uh, with nemesis, it's kind of a similar playstyle to the executioner, where if you double back right as you go for a loop, like a window or a... 
either a uh, like a loop like a window or a pallet oftentimes double backing on that or faking it is going to be enough to get the killer to commit to the swing in that direction that you faked and it'll give you more time and it's those kind of precious seconds that really count and if you do it enough and the killer knows that you that's what you do you can actually get this just start getting the stuns in also, keep in mind that when you're going up to a pallet, most Nemesis players will, will uh, typically use their tentacle and back up a little bit, and they're going to try to hit you over said pallet after you drop it. So that's something else to keep in mind. Um, also, one more thing, the tentacle is thin, but it is very long. Like, although the tentacle is very long, it is also notoriously thin. So keep that in mind. Um, the tentacle is not as hard to dodge as you would think. The one thing I would say is do not back up into it because it's very possible. Unlike with Pyramid's Pyramid Head's ability, it is very possible to back into the tentacle and get hit. Like, when you see the tentacle animation going down already, it is very much possible to back up and get to back up into it and get hit. So just be very, very careful with that. It's not like if the tentacle is already down on the floor and he's like an animation, if you back into that, you're going to get hit. But... The time where you can get hit oftentimes gets uh, underestimated severely and people end up backing into it thinking that they are safe. But with Nemesis, it also depends on what kind of, um, what kind of abilities, um, what kind of abilities they have. If, um, if you know that the, that uh, Nemesis has like Marvin's blood, for example, um, you're going to know to immediately dodge tentacles because Marvin's blood is going to increase the mutation rate while you were hitting survivors. And knowing that, you know that he's going to go for tentacles on you. So you can dodge them a lot more. You can get a lot more distance, etc., etc. But also knowing that Nemesis, Nemesis players can also run like Eerie Umbrella Badge and Shattered Stars Badge is also uh, very important to know. Uh, because Nemesis is the only is like the only killer in the game that actually makes you deal with entities besides himself, like the zombies mainly. It's also important to know what, how the zombies function. You can also, as a counter, if you are in chase with Nemesis, if you are on, if you are injured, and you are not infected, you can actually use the zombies to get a speed boost away. That's something that I don't see very many people doing, and I can see that as a chase extender for a lot of the chases because. Most of the time, you don't think about, about that, and neither does the killer. The killer doesn't think you're insane enough to dash into a zombie for the sake of distance, but more often than not, it can be an absolute lifesaver. Uh, just be aware of some of his add-ons, such as uh, the Umbrella Badge, when you use a vaccine, you're going to get exposed, and the Stars Badge, where the zombie's movement speeds increases by an absolute massive amount after you pop a generator. So, yeah, just, just a couple things to keep in mind. The tricks displays can be annoying and hard to deal with, especially if you're caught out in the open. So how do you counter him? Um, with the trickster, uh, the loops that you're going to want to run against him are going to be the ones that have a lot of twists and turns. So you're going to want to avoid your four lanes. You're going to want to avoid a lot of short, uh, short loops, uh, like short, uh, short walled loops. So like a lot of your truck loops, you're going to want to avoid. Um, there are a couple of rock loops in like shelter woods or uh, red forests that are like just high enough to the point where his blades don't reach. Those are the loops that you're going to want to run against the trickster. And also keep in mind that while his knives are deadly, he is, he does move slower while he's firing them. So you can get a lot, a lot of distance on him while he's firing him. You can, um, you can use set opportunity to to get some distance on him like on the loop as well 
but with the trickster i would honestly say just move out move out of the way dodge them spin around if you know that the trickster loves going for his blades instead of m1s you see them pull out please if you see him pull out his blades in m1 just spin around in a circle more you'll be surprised more often than not a trickster will miss the move a vast majority of the knives while you're spinning in a circle because a lot of the people in dead by daylight do um a little bit of a going off on a little bit of a tangent tangent here with aiming in this game they don't have very good aim when it comes to tracking people who are like strafing left and right really quickly which is what you're doing by going in a circle you're like strafing you're strafing in a circle circle strafing as it's called but a lot of the times dead by daylight players will not know how to like won't be able to aim that well so you'll be able to burn a bunch of knives and more importantly you'll be able to uh waste as much time as you possibly can get a lot of distance in there and yeah that's that's um that's mostly it trickster you're gonna want to know which loops are safe or good to take and which loops are not you're gonna want the loops that are just short enough where you can see him but just tall enough to the point where he can't hit you with your knives and you're gonna want the loops that curve a lot twists and turns are your friend are your best best friend and on that note if you are going to be planning on running a form of like inner strength I would advise bringing Calm Spirit because uh, because there are, similar to many Hunters players, many Trickster players will also opt to run Iron Maiden for when they go to reload. Pinhead's Chains can be a nightmare if you don't deal with the box, but just having the box makes you a target. What counters do you see here? With Pinhead, it's very important that in the very beginning you, don't, you do not go for the box because at the start of the match, a Pinhead player will oftentimes be looking for the box. And if you know... Uh, there was, I'm not sure if this, if this is still true, but there was a way to determine exactly where the box is, was going to spawn if you had Lethal Pursuer. If you had Lethal Pursuer, the box was always going to spawn, I believe it was farthest from the survivors and farthest from you. So you can triangulate exactly where the box would spawn via Lethal Pursuer, which was very strong. I'm not sure if you can still do that, but if you can, be aware of that. Um, do not go for the box immediately when you spawn, because if you get found, then the pinhead is also going to be looking for the box. And if you find it beforehand, it's an instant advantage. If you if the pinhead finds box five generators in, you can pretty much call it GG over there, because that's already a massive advantage. She knows where everybody is. Everybody's going to get chained and... The, and um, the chains are going to start coming for a good amount of time until the box respawns, which is very, very bad. Very, very scary. So I would say a good counter to Pinhead is look behind you always. Similar to how you would look behind yourself in preparation for a Huntress Hatchet, look behind yourself when playing against a Pinhead in preparation for a chain. Think about it this way. With Pinhead, his chains... Don't be fooled. His chains aren't going to come out of his hand like from where he is. They can come out like a couple meters in front of him. So with that in mind, while you see Pinhead setting up his chains, spin around in a circle and move as erratically as you can. Try to avoid the chain because if you move like a psycho, he's going to have a hard time tracking you with his chain and the chain is going to go flying. So once again, mind games are very important against the Pinhead's chain because the more you mind game... Like you're what you the more time you're gonna waste off the pinhead and the longer you're gonna prolong the chase. When it comes to looping with the box, your only option is to just know where he is. Like looping box, looping pinhead with box for a long time will take skill because you don't have the red stain to play around and you don't know when he is going to take out his chains unless you have direct vision on him. So successfully looping with the box takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of knowledge game knowledge and knowing, you know, exactly when, you know. He's like about when he's going to, when he would take out his chains. Typically speaking, this is going to be right before you go for like a vault, like a window vault or a 
like a window vault or a pallet drop those one link they typically want to drop the chains but also keep in mind that you can vault things while you have chains on you and if you put a piece of the environment or or survivor in between yourself and your chain you can destroy it so that's another counter that you have you can destroy the chains with your environment you don't need to hold them once to take them off but yeah, those are uh, that's about all. Those are about all the tips that I have for Pinhead. Just uh, look behind you, be very careful, and um, use the environment to your advantage. The artist uses her birds to keep survivors on their toes, and at any range, they can do some damage. So, what counters do you see for her? The artist, by definition, turns the game into W key central. If that, <laughs> it's it basically the the way to counter artists is W key central. That's pretty much it. Uh, you have you uh, you obviously have your flashbangs and your um and your flashlights in order to get rid of her birds. But more often than not, you're gonna find yourself in a situation where most loops are gonna be unusable, and it's at this point in the game where the pallet dense maps and the uh maps that are plentiful with jungle gems are going to get the opportunity to shine because the quicker you can move on to another loop against the artist the better it is because she's going to look to try to lock down loops with her birds and she's also going to try to snipe you a long range with her birds that being said you can dodge the birds you the do the birds are more dodgeable than like a billy chainsaw or a demo shred so i would say keep in mind exactly where the birds are and try to bait going into them so she uses them early to get them off the map also keep in mind that by slow walking as opposed to sprinting it gives you a lot smaller of a hitbox so it makes you a lot more difficult to hit with birds i have been hit with birds by sprinting a lot i have been i've been hit with birds while sprinting a lot more time or sorry a lot fewer times where I should not have been hit as opposed to not getting hit when I should have been hit while slow walking. So yeah, slow walking matters against the artist. Slow walking very much matters against the artist as far as not getting hit by the birds goes. Um, yeah, also keep in mind if you have a flashlight, get rid of the crows. Uh, that can very much mess up an artist's plan if they don't plan on you doing that to the crows because not a lot of people actually think of doing that. And also, if you do get hit with crows, keep in mind that she has permanent vision on you and as a result, you need to uh, you know, move like unpredictably as well. Because while most artists will not go follow up with a second crow, there's always a chance that they will. So while you're moving around the map, try and trying to get the crows off your head, try to move erratically. And speaking of getting the crows off your head, another good counter is just jump into a locker. If you are if you are crowed and you jump into a locker and you jump out, all your crows are going to be gone. It's that simple. Instead of taking all that time to get rid of the crows manually when there's a locker near you and she's nowhere near, just jump into the locker and jump out and your crows are going to be gone. And on, and on that note, another, another thing that um, artists will typically do is they will run or they will take very good note of where their gens are and they will play around like sending a crow to those set gens every couple seconds or every couple minutes so whenever you're on a gen always be ready to do the dash and always look around the map to see where the birds are coming from and if they are coming for you and when you have a hex totem against a an artist 
that especially can be seem like a very very big challenge to clear just because like an artist can easily just put down a bird towards the totem's direction blast and if you get hit by that you get interrupted so in that case i would very much recommend to do the totems while they are in chase if you're in a playing in a swift and you know that your teammates in chase take that time instead of instead of um like doing something like else like going for a generator or something while ruin is up at like five or gens or four gens go for the ruin and get rid of it because the artist won't be able to send a crow your way and, and interrupt you um that's about it um another thing to consider is be aware of garden of rot if the artist is an m wanting you at point blank range and is just she's just waiting for you to shake off your crows that is more than likely going to be Garden of Rot, which is going to expose you as soon as you get them off. So if you know she has Garden of Rot, play around that and don't immediately shake off the crows after she's like, she gets like point blank in your face because, well, that's more or less doomed. But if you're injured, obviously feel free to shake them off because exposed doesn't necessarily do anything to you if you're injured. Um, Yeah, that's about it. If you want to bring another perk to counter the artist, bring Flashbang, obviously, because Flashbang can craft... Well, flashbangs gets rid gets rid of crows, and um, yeah, that's about it. That's about it for the artist. Being the newest killer, the Onryo is basically nothing more than an M1 hit and run killer who can teleport to the TVs, just like Freddy can teleport to generators. What are the counters for her? I am actually an Onryo one trick, so I am very, very, very actually excited to be talking about this, and um. You may hear me. You may hear me refer to her as uh, Sadako once or twice while I'm talking about her. So if you hear me refer to her as that, just know that I'm talking about Onryo. They're uh, they're synonymous pretty much. So with the Onryo, you if you're if you don't have a plan, if you don't know how an Onryo plays, you're going to be like in very very big trouble because although Onryo isn't necessarily a strong killer she can still mess up a lot of good teams. And the reason being is because the amount of gen pressure she can assert. So your priority against an Onryo is going to be to figure out not what kind of perks she has, but what kind of add-ons she has, because that is going to change how you deal with her. So the most dangerous add-on that any Onryo player can have as of right now is going to be the ring drawing. Because the ring drawing is going to allow her to spread condemned to any... Or uh, is going to allow the condemned to spread to any survivor who is, who completes a heal on a condemn an injured condemned survivor and that stacks so it becomes suddenly becomes very easy off the bat to get massive condemned stacks on survivors if you just project to a tv at five gens get one good hit and let the person run away let them reset um that condemned is going to travel to another healthy person so if you want to counter the Onryo, uh, the first things first, figure out what perk she's running. If she's running, figure out if she's if she's got ring drawing, figure out if she's got bloody fingernails, figure out if she's got well water or VCR. V, v, you'll be able to tell if she's got VCR very quickly because depending on whether or not you're going to spawn with a tape in your hand. But once you figure out what perk she has, play around your con condemnation meter because that thing can climb ridiculously if you're not looking at it. You, seven stacks is what you need to go into moriable mode. 
And unlike a killer like the Executioner or the Pyramid Head, she doesn't need to have you hooked once in, or hooked twice in order to moor you, which is how she ends up destroying a lot of the better teams is somebody gets careless and they end up dying off the rip and suddenly it's a 3v1. And if somebody else does it, suddenly it's a 3v, a 2v1. And then it's just impossible to go from there if you guys have four generators or more left. So keep your eye on the condemnation meter. Remember, seven is what it takes in order for you condemned. Taking out a tape and putting it back in, taking out a tape and putting it back in clears three stacks of condemnation, or I believe three stacks if my memory serves me correctly. And that is going to be your main way to get rid of the condemnation is by popping in the v VHS tapes in and out. And you're going to be doing this especially if she's running ring drawing because once she's running wing, ring drawing, you're gonna be condemned more than ever and you're gonna find yourself playing against the VHS tapes. Just be careful that while you are going to put your VHS tape back in that you don't get into chase, because if you do, your condemnation can climb rapidly. And by the time you're like midway through the chase, you could be maximum condemned and she can immediately kill you. That's another thing. Another thing is a counter for her would be spine chill because although you cannot see her after a certain distance, she can still see you. And if she looks at you, you can get the spine chill to go off. Um, most Onryo players will also opt to run Call of Brine, so a counter for that would be to constantly exert gen pressure and to avoid a 3-gen, right? If you avoid a 3-gen with the- when the killer's got Call of Brine, you essentially win the game. It's going to be a little bit more difficult to get those gens out, but you're gonna win essentially. But if you have Call- if the killer has Call of Brine and you guys have a 3-gen, if the killer is even slightly good, it's pretty much lost because Call of Brian is on command ruin. And if you stack it with something like Pop Goes the Weasel, there's no way in hell you're getting any of those gens completed. So in summary, in order to counter the Onryo, you need to figure out what perks she had, what, what her add-ons are quickly, more important for her than for any other killer, uh, in my opinion. And play around your vhs tapes as far as looping her goes keep in mind that there are points in time similar to the spirit where you're going to lose sight of her because she's going to kind of like glitch uh that can be a little bit of an issue but uh, it's important that while she glitches you never double back you keep going forward unless you see the killer double back like visibly double back like via the red stain you keep going forward because if you because those are the moments when killers tend to get their downs most often when the survivors see the see the killer like glitch out in front of their face they hesitate and when they hesitate they mess up and then when they mess up it's just they they're gonna get down it's a free hit pretty much also um a little little thing that i wanted to throw in about her pickup animation is she has the most unique pickup animation in this game and um i would very much recommend you learn the flashlight timing for her um if you guys are more visual learners as opposed to like timing learners so like you can't like count down like the exact amount of seconds required for a flashlight for a flashlight save uh the exact timing is as soon as you see the survivor get sat sat up on their knees you start counting from one two and as soon as you hit the t and three you immediately click and then that's how you get the blind that's the way that I remembered it because the timing just seemed funky on that and it was just uh, not okay. So that's the way that I, that's the way that I more or less dealt with it. But yeah, uh, be careful. She is a, one of the shortest killers there is, which means that she's going to be very difficult to see even around the shortest loops. 
and um yeah if you know what you got if you know what perks she has if you know what add-ons she has and you steer clear and avoid your condemnation stacks you shouldn't have a problem yeah thank you very much well thank you very much for sharing your knowledge with us you a lot of people are going to appreciate this it's uh, it's been it's been my pleasure i um i've always wanted the chance to go on a podcast so thank you guys very much for the opportunity for letting me speak as well it's um i <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just really, really happy that I got the opportunity to do this. Thank you so much. So this brings us to the end of our Survivor special where we talk about quick counters, tricks, and tips for you to use against the killers. I've learned a bunch over the course of this series myself, specifically the flashbangs on hag traps. I can't believe I hadn't figured that out myself until now. I hope some of you have too, and once again, I would like to thank Yule for taking the time out of his schedule to talk to us, and also Jamie for organising this special series of episodes and helping make it possible. As the game of Dead by Daylight changes with every major update or massive overhaul, it opens up new possibilities for combos, shifts in metas, and overall playstyles, and even the most competitive of killers and survivors. And it also opens up new opportunities for us to get these podcasts out with brand new ideas and new perspectives from things we may have already covered. Thank you all so much for listening to us. And please don't forget to leave us a rating on Spotify and a review on Apple Podcast as it helps us out greatly. Have a great rest of your day, everyone.